and welcome to the Top Podcast. I'm your host this week, Michael, and I'm here with my buddy Rob. What up? And Lou. Yo, yo, yo. We are here for a second episode. We just want to thank Rob's mother-in-law for being the one person to comment on our video. It's good to have one fan. We got yeah. we got nowhere to go it up because there are three of us and we are all married and that makes six people and we have five subscribers. So somebody is not pulling their weight. Well, shout out to That's the... my wife. Yeah. It's, it's my probably wife. my wife. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> wait, hold on. Shout out to oh, the right, one. right. It's it's Rob's wife and then his mother-in-law and then the three of us. There that sounds go. right. And then, Laura, if you're listening to this, my hand is in the mail. So you should be getting that pretty soon. If you know, you <laughs> know. hand is in the mail? If you know, you know. If you know, I know what he's talking about. But shout out to the one Belgium <laughs> listener. I don't know how you found us, but, you know, I'm, I might learn Belgium if you comment on this. I'll learn some is Belgium it Shane? Is that Belgium? Oh, gosh, we're going to look very American here. I have no idea. <laughs> I thought it was Dunka. I don't know. I'm sorry if, if you are listening to the second one. We appreciate it. He's not gonna be, they're not going to be listening to it the third. <laughs> <laughs> Dripping away our one overseas listener. That's that's where the money is, right? There. What if we do get popular overseas? Do but, we just travel there? Dude, I will I will 100% travel. What if it's yeah. like... But only the wives if... that originally sub- subscribe first can join us. So rip your two. <laughs> what if it's like a worn torn area and we're hey. just like super popular there we're gonna have we're gonna be like well, the, they can have all of our thoughts and prayers yeah uh, thoughts and prayers we're gonna do the war style documentary with hard-hitting footage crazy uh, top five gun wounds top five kills go top five. <laughs> <laughs> all right i mean we are talking about first person shooters so that's, that's true yeah. hey this is feature rob just editing the podcast just so you know we had kind of adjusted the volume from the last podcast to try to get a better mix it's still a work in progress. Um, turning up my mic, you kind of can hear some of the background. And while it'll be prevalent at first, I did notice and later turned off my mic. So it's not the whole podcast, and I am going to try to fix it as much as I can in post. But it's something we can just going forward, and uh, I'm learning this kind of as I go. Thanks for listening. We're going to start this week off with uh, with another icebreaker question. This week's question is, what is something that you loved as a child that as an adult you've come to realize is just ass? Whether it be a movie, a video game, for me, it's Oreo O's. I think they were discontinued because nobody bought them. But it was a Oreo branded cereal. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out it was actually there was a box of Oreo O's on Joey and Chandler's fridge in Friend for like a couple seasons, which is probably really good product placement. When I was a kid, though, that was the best cereal ever. And like, my mom was not a big sugary cereal person and she was not a big spend money on things person so like we got oreos like oreo o's like three times in my life and it was just the best every time we got them and they brought them back a few years ago and i was just i was so ecstatic i was like yes like i cannot wait to have oreo o's and they taste like cardboard like they're so bad it was a real letdown that is the thing i loved as a child that is just trash in uh, as an adult hey we're sorry bro it's not good it, it was, it was one of the tough parts of growing up. Uh, for me, this is easy. It's the first thing that popped in my head was the WWE. Oh, hey now. Hey now. That's real. Growing up, I used to love the WWE. I, I, like, I could not get enough of shiny big men in tights. It, it was riveting to me. I remember, like, I remember this guy named Rakishi. Do you guys remember Rakishi? I, I was Undertaker stand. I don't know. Who was the guy who wore the mask? Which one? Like the, uh, yeah, it, was like the, it was like the Nacho, the Nacho Libre was probably making fun of that. Rey Mysterio? Rey Mysterio. Yeah! Don't, like don't this on Rey Mysterio. Kick. My goodness. No, no, no. I, 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 like, that was... That was my guy as a kid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, his signature move would be like whipping through the ropes and mm-hmm. kicking somebody in the head. Yeah, that was, was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called either. But yeah, that was the best. It was numbers, if I remember correctly. It's almost like an so, area code. So Rakishi, um, which I think this said a lot to me as a child, his finishing move was to pin you in the corner of the rink or whatever you call it. And he would shove his butt in your face, and he would smear his butt all over his opponent's face, oh, and the opponent so would pass nice. out. <laughs> yeah, and Rakishi was a—he was at least three bills. He was a big dude, uh, and I used to grip on my chair to see Rakishi <laughs> shove his butt in somebody's face. Uh, and then I found out it was fake, and it ruined my whole life. 
But it ruined my whole life. It's all about the story, though. Like, that's why, like, adults watch it is the story and everything. And Brock should not have taken the streak away from Undertaker. We're, we're standing on mm. this hill. I didn't know that you were a WWE fan, Robert. This I, is something... I am... What's the word? Vicariously a WWE fan. I, my mom would never pay for pay-per-view. So, like, the only thing I got from them was, like, watching YouTube clips and playing the WWE video games back when they were good. Actually, they might have not mm. been good. That could be my... I'll pick something more concrete, but back in the day, those games were just so much fun and everything. And I think they're on Hulu or one of the streaming things, and I thought about going back and watching some old fights just to kind of experience it again. Yeah, I remember the day... I don't know, it took too much of your time, but I remember the day where... And I can't remember... Uh, I can't remember. It was the... Um, it was an entry song? What do you call those? Yeah, like the intro. The, uh, entrance. The intro. Entrance it was music. The entrance. Uh, it was a Alter Bridge sound. Uh, Alter Bridge. I can't remember his name. You can edit all this out. Uh, but he would... He, he, <laughs> you you he, gotta uh, leave this day. <laughs> he, he came out and he beat the crap out of somebody. And like blood and all that was coming out. And I was just so hyped just jumping up as a child. And my cousin, on his way eating a bowl of cereal, looked at me dead in my eyes and was like, this is all fake. And was walked it, right away. Was it Oreos? Santa Claus moment? No, it wasn't Oreos. Uh, I, Oreo O's. I think that market... I think that marketing was probably a bad Oreo O's is a dumb name for Oreo cereal. That's Unless you want to sponsor the top podcast, then we will love Oreo O's. <laughs> we eat them every night. A redaction. I don't even have to like them, but I will eat them and I will smile. <laughs> then after that, I got into the UFC and I was like, all right, this is real. Especially when Anderson Silva broke his leg when he kicked somebody in the face. But, oh. Um, I don't want to see that though. Like, I'd, I'd rather see you know the, the blood and the fake pain than seeing someone snap their leg. It's like when I saw Gordon Haywood snap his leg going up for a laying up a, a basket. It sounds like wood snapped and then he's on the ground. Ugh, no. Well, some people believe that all sports are fake, so they're all rigged. It's and true. Tom Brady is like ahead of all of that. So especially the NFL. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that could have been fake too. Here we are. All right, Robert, what do you got? Okay, this is gonna be a hot take. <laughs> So, hot take alert. I loved these as a kid, and now I can't stand them. Sloppy Joes. I, oh. People love them. I can't stand Sloppy Joes. I, I think. I don't think that's a hot take. Really? I'm going to be honest. I never really liked Sloppy Joes, so I'll back you on that. Sure. My, my wife loves them, them. But they're not on my top any list. Like they're... Your wife loves Sloppy Joes? Uh, at least that's what I get, but I, since I shoot it down, you know. We don't really have them. Does she, does she make Sloppy Joes at home? No, because I, I won't eat them. Also, the name Sloppy Joe. Who the hell is Joe? He was sloppy. You know, like, and he's, why is he sloppy? I mean, I know that was a pretty uh, a given joke, but come on. I think there's Let's a... Let's something else. I think there's a weird history of food video on Sloppy Joes. I think back then I watched it once. Obviously, right, I did not retain are... anything about it. Yeah, you guys are the coolest <laughs> couple. So, this week, we are discussing first-person shooters... What is that? What is that? That is a type of video game um, where the screen is essentially the viewpoint of the character you're playing as, and uh, the primary way you engage with the world is you're shooting at it. And by that definition, Portal 2 counts as a first-person shooter. Shoot dang, I may have. I was wondering. (laughs) Uh, We can get to that fight. Somebody put it on their list. I decided I didn't want to try and stand the... uh, Push back, and so I left it off. My number five first-person shooter is Medal of Honor: European Assault. This game, I mean, basically all the Medal of Honor games are the same. It was the first in the series. Like Medal of Honor was the first like World War II shooter that kind of started the craze. Call of Duty and all of those other games kind of sprung out of Medal of Honor series. Medal of Honor: European Assault is kind of it's just the one I played as a kid, but it uh, is apparently kind of widely considered as the last of the good Medal of Honor games. We made it cool as it was this big, like, it wasn't an open world like we have now, uh, but instead of it being like, yeah, you're going through a very linear path and you're shooting Nazis, like, and it's just, you know, you shoot Nazis, you move to the next hallway, you shoot, you know. They'd have these big, wide open maps with objectives scattered throughout. So you'd have one main objective and tons of different ways you could get there based on where you went in the map, side missions would unlock. And so, like, it gave you a different experience depending on what direction you went. Made for some really, really cool replay experiences. And then, as as it was the first of my World War II shooter games, 
it's the one that I think of as like the best, even though there's probably better ones out there. Just I wanted to have that experience of like, oh, I have the old school World War II rifle or, you know, the sniper and I'm in the trenches. And yeah, so I don't have a ton to say about it because it's my number five and I played it as like a sophomore in high school. So I don't really remember that much, but I know I absolutely loved playing that game. Was that the one where it starts off and you're like it's D-Day and you're going up Normandy? Is that that one? Oh, I think oh. that's a different one. It'd be Allied uh, Assault or something. Yeah, they have like there's a, a couple different assault ones. Um, European Assault, you would like they had like three smaller campaigns, maybe four, um, and they were all in like different uh, parts of Europe. So you'd like, you I think you did play through like a more conventional like France or you know somewhere in, like uh, Western Europe. Then you like. You played in Russia and played in a desert somewhere, and like you know, you got to do all these different campaigns. Never played any of those games before. They're good. I don't. I yeah. mean, I don't know if they would hold up now. It's like because shooters have just advanced so far. I don't know if they'd still mm -hmm. hold up, but at the time, especially as like you know, middle school kid, they were a lot of fun. But yeah. uh, and they, they were also really known for their soundtrack. Like they mm -hmm. had big like movie orchestra scores that were pretty cool and so like they had that kind of immersive element where it's like oh man like i feel like i'm in a sh like world war ii movie which was the original purpose like i guess the original like just medal of honor for playstation like steven spielberg was working on saving private ryan and like he went to the team that developed it was like hey i want you guys to make a world war ii shooter to kind of like Mm. appease to the gamer audience to get them into this concept so they'll want to come see my gritty World War II movie. So, like, he really had his hand in the first one, and the whole thing was meant to be, like, hey, this is... It's not Saving Private Ryan, the video game, but it's a video game to make you want to go see Saving Private Ryan. And so it's... That's cool. The first one is very Spielberg-esque in its uh, presentation. Yeah. World at War is probably the closest to... Saving Private Ryan is a video game. I don't know if you guys ever played COD 5, but it's very gruesome. I played a little bit, but I played later COD games, and so going back going back is always kind of difficult mm -hmm. um, in a series where it's like, ah, I'm used to all these more advanced tweaks, and, you know. Lou, do you want to go next? Yeah, so my uh, top, my five, is Super Hot. Have you guys played Super Hot? In VR. I played it in VR, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Zach yes. broke my so controller. So when I first, but it's okay, Zach. You broke your controller. No, Zach was playing it, and uh, some guy from Tulsa, not not the Zach that you guys know, but he he was super engaged in it, and he like went to swing down. Oh, just hit my mic. He went to swing down and do something, and like smacked the the Vive controller on the couch, and it just like broke it. But it, he was he was very cool about it. He bought me a new one, and his dad like tried to tried to fix it and like solder it back together, and it, it kind of worked. But I got. He replaced it, so I, well, there's really no beef between us. I'm excited okay, to come to your wedding, Zach, if you're, uh, if you're listening. Have I met Zach? No. Was he one of the ones? That, oh, okay. Well, also, he, what does his dad do? Is his dad a spy? Who solders? Dude, I have. I, he could be here? a spy, because I have no idea what he does. I wish my dad used to solder things. So if you haven't played Super Hot, uh, it's best in VR for sure, but you can play it on the computer. Oh, and, and I think it's on most of the... Uh, like PlayStation and Xbox and stuff. But the idea is that when you move, every the world moves. But if you stop, the world slows down. And so you can do like these trick shots, and you can throw your gun. And then if you throw your gun at an enemy, uh, the enemy will, will like if he's holding a weapon, he'll like throw the weapon in the air. And then you can grab that gun or that knife, and then you can like headshot a bunch of dudes. You can throw like bottles and stuff. And then when you're done with the game, it shows it like in real time. And you just look like a, a, you look like a crazy person. You know, John, like it's super John fun. John Wick simulator. Pretty much, yeah. And then you could dodge bullets uh, because the, the bullets are, are going slower. And um, I just think it's innovative. You know, I, I think if you really boil it down, I think a lot of first-person shooters kind of have the same, the same vibe to them. And so I just think they did something different, and I think it paid off really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, uh, I played that with, uh, with some of my cousin, Andrew's younger brother, has VR, and he brought it over to my parents' house. Like, we all played it. When you're in VR, it's like, you can, you, you have to move your whole body to dodge these bullets, and so, like, all of us are, like, rolling across the floor looking like drunk turtles. And my cousin Arnstein was there, and this dude, like, all of us looked about as stupid as we've ever looked in our lives. And Arnstein, while he's playing this game, just looked like something out of a, like an action movie. Like he looked so cool while playing this <laughs> game. Cause like, I think he does martial arts and like, that's just something he's into. And so like, 
he's just out there like he's got like a, a fighting like a wide fight stance and he's like moving like it, it I, it's it's impossible to describe but he just looked like a badass and all of us he just like, looked like we looked like toddlers who had just had a hand <laughs> dropped on their head <laughs> yeah okay though he was wearing a harness so it was fine to drop a pan on his head so for my list, uh, I don't know if you guys did this either intentionally or unintentionally. I tried to keep it to one one game per franchise. So if I didn't, I would just have like three Call of Duty games up here, and that wouldn't be you know fun for discussion. My number five, I kind of went way back in time. The game came out in 2007, but I don't know if you guys remember going to like Zaps on the arcades and having Time Crisis 4. It's when you put your foot down on the pedal and like you pop out from behind cover and then you can shoot and the gun actually has like kickback and everything. I oh, kind of cool. I freaking loved that game as a kid. And I I spent so many quarters on there. If they had like a, a VR gun that actually like synced up and had kickback, I'd probably rival it. But it's you guys, or did Rob go silent? Oh, he left the call. See, so yeah, this Mike guy. I don't know why we invited him to the pod. Oh, hey, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Like I was saying, especially like having a gun that does have like oh gosh, I don't know the part of the gun where like you pull back, cock the gun. I don't hammer. Yeah, oh, sure. Was it this time? Sorry, not the hammer. The I'm hammer. I knew what I was Yeah, not the about. not the hammer, but the slide I guess. I don't I don't really use guns. Depending on the gun, it would go in the rate of time of fire. So if you had a the Uzi, it would just be like but then a pistol would be like concise with a pistol and all that. And it was just really immersive and cool, especially as a middle schooler, you think you're all that that you're shooting it. Pointing a, a plastic gun at a screen and you know uh, right. highly recommend if uh if I had an arcade game in my house, probably that, or the Star Wars arcade game from Chuck E. Cheese, but I didn't know if that was a shooter, so I didn't throw that on there. It's more of a, a sim- like a ride simulator. So uh, we, we didn't nail down what the topic would be until Monday. We were recording this on a Wednesday, and I was like, okay, I don't, I don't have time to replay five games to have talking points on, uh, on all of these, so I was, decided to just like, hop on YouTube and watch some retrospectives just to like jog my memory on some of the games I haven't played in. You know, a while. And so uh, my number four game is Red Faction 2, which, as it turns out, is like an all-time suck fest of a game. I played it when I was 15, and you could blow up the walls and, like, work your way around people. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah, nostalgia will do some crazy things to you. But it can't hold yeah. up Oreo O's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or uh, probably Red Faction 2. I grabbed it on uh, PlayStation. It's it's free if you have, I don't know what level of PlayStation Plus you need, but apparently I have it. So I picked it up to, to mess around with it, and it's, like, unplayable. It's so bad. <laughs> um, but, like, when I played it for the first time, it was like, this is the best thing ever. Turns out it's not. I always thought Red Faction games were all third person. So you're really blowing my mind. I thought they were RTSs, so... The first two were uh, Red Faction 1 and 2 on the PlayStation 2 were first shooters. Later, some of the Xbox 360 ones were third person. Crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Red Faction 2, terrible game that I'm just not going to play any more of and just enjoy fond memories of. It, it can live as a great game in my head, and I'll just uh, try to forget everything I, I encountered on the internet yesterday. Lou, did you have a, a right. PS3 or 360? I've always done PlayStation. Uh, I've never... So, so I'm assuming Halo is going to be on the list for some. Halo is going to be on the list for somebody, and it's I'm not going to understand any of it. I, re, I refuse to to pick up a Halo game. All right, so this isn't a first person shooter, uh, but this is first person, and there's a weapon. So, and I am doing this digitally, so you guys can't tell me I'm wrong. So, uh, I'm going to do Ghost Runner. You guys played Ghost Runner before? I have not. Isn't that a PlayStation exclusive? Uh, I don't know if it's a PlayStation exclusive or not. To be honest with you, I wish I would have done that research. I didn't know. But have you guys played Mirror's Edge? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's Mirror's Edge, like, times 10. And it is freaking awesome. I think if I had to recommend any of my list, I would recommend Ghost Runner. Because I think it was just a sleeper, and I don't think enough people talked about it. So you're this, like, and this is before Cyberpunk, so I think this is awesome. So you're, like, this ninja robot person it's a really basic storyline pretty much like a mario situation where you have to go save the queen or something i don't really don't remember but like you get these all these powers and there's wall running and you're just like dicing up people and it is freaking so much fun i I could not recommend any other game more than this one right now i think there might be shooting in it i don't remember if i get a gun or not but that's the one i'm picking for that's the one i'm going for our uh, research department has come back and told us that this game released on PlayStation 4, Windows, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, Amazon Luna, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series X slash X. 
Uh, yeah, I also looked it up and that is correct. I just never heard of it before, so I didn't know. It looks pretty sick, though. That's a. It is a great if game. If we're gonna judge a game by its cover, that looks badass. And that's my number four. Uh, my number four. It's definitely. I feel like more of a story that just happens to be a first-person shooter is Bioshock, the first one. Fan freaking tastic game, and that the twist at the end did not see it coming. I just can't say enough things. And like, I again, if you guys listen to the first episode i'm not really a horror person but there is still like those like horror and suspense elements that i just love in the whole world building of a city underneath water and just like in depth they go to and like what would it mean if like gosh what is it there's no gods or religions like nihilism. only us it's like yeah like nihilism oh, yeah. and like they what would a full city look like if it did that and it's all underwater and it's just a beautiful game would recommend it if you guys haven't played it i know a lot of people have only played infinite which is another great game but i just think the first one is the best I played a decent amount of the first one freshman year of college, and it was a blast. Like I didn't, I didn't own it. Like I think I borrowed it from somebody for a little while, and then they took it back. But what I played was, it was super cool. The atmosphere was awesome. It kind of felt like I'm really into Dishonored. I, I wanted to put it on here so bad, but it's just, it's not a first person shooter. Bioshock definitely is. It's a lot more like fast paced fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that game is awesome. Yeah, And, and that, it was genuinely pretty scary at times. Mm-hmm. That is like a fine line, because I'm like, I love the Fallout games, but I would say they're pre- predominantly role-playing games that just happen to be first-person shooters. But since this is like, it is very story-heavy, and it's a, only a single-player game, that it still counts as a shooter, a first-person shooter, because that is predominantly what it is. Hey, spoiler warning, but my, my number one game is, ex- well, exclusively multiplayer on the console I played it on. Or, sorry, single-player. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing like, wrong with that. There's some, there are some great single-player shooter mm-hmm. games. Oh, I think I already know. I think I know what game it is. You probably know my number one. I'm, yeah. I'm obsessed. I've played it once, I think, if it's the game I'm thinking of. I hope I played it. It sounds fun. Those, uh, the turret, I will say that the turrets, though, in, drive me nuts in the first Bioshock. Like hacking into even them? The, oh, even hacking into them, and then the sound that it would make uh, just like stressed me out. Mm-hmm. Like if I would hear that sound in public, it would like make me sweat. Yeah, they should have been more like they should be more like the portal turrets, turrets. Yeah, for sure. But it, it was a really good one. I I think the the world building I think was amazing. The enemies were just mad creepy. Mm-hmm. The splicers, yeah, yeah. Splicers. All the big daddies are freaking. That's the stuff in nightmares, and it's great. Yeah. Because you feel that power scale, like the first, at the beginning of the game, you're like, I gotta avoid those at all costs until I got like everything I can. Mm-hmm. Then at the end, you're like, I'll take on three of them, no problem. I got oh, this. I love that. I love that feeling. Um, for my, my number three, this is where I start to have a lot more to say. My number three is Time Splitters 2, released in 2002 by Free Radical, which is a uh, like a break off group from Rareware. And so Rare, Rare is an awesome team, but they very famously made GoldenEye. And so Time Splitters 2 is kind of a spiritual successor to GoldenEye on later consoles. It's it's just so good. Um, there's so much to say about this game. It is punishingly difficult. Just, it's ridiculous. To get the full game and to like experience the full ending and do like all the uh, the objectives, you have to play on the hardest difficulty. And I, I never, never beat the campaign, but th- this game is so much more than the campaign. It's got, uh, it's got an arcade mode where you, you you know it'll be like hey you have to play this multiplayer match with these custom settings and you can you know you can get your bronze your silver or your gold depending on how well you do and then there's hidden objectives where if you complete these you can also get a platinum and so you can spend hours on that and then they have the challenge mode which is different from the arcade mode um it'll be like behead the undead mode and so you have like hordes of zombies then you get bonus points for headshots um, and again you're trying to score on like a uh you know, a bronze, silver, gold. And then, you know, the multiplayer was just, it was top-notch, incredibly customizable. Um, I think it's got, it's got like over 120 playable characters um, with custom stats. Crazy. So you can really like dial it in. The guns were crazy. Basically, it took everything that was good about GoldenEye, cranked it up to 11 and put it on a control scheme that you could actually play. It had a level editor, so you could make multiplayer levels, or it had a basic logic system, so you could make single-player levels uh, mm-hmm. that nobody else would want to play, even though you would desperately beg them to play <laughs> your custom levels. It had, like, um, I don't remember what the name the name was, but it would have, like, some kind of challenge map where it'd be, like, you could play with friends, and you'd be co-op, and you'd have to, like, complete objectives in the, sync- like, in the multiplayer arena. So it would, like, turn the multiplayer levels 
into like my linear progression based group uh, team levels. It was it was the best. Such a good game, and it is kind of expensive to uh, to purchase now, but it's uh, it's a good. And if you can get your hands on it, I I can't recommend it highly enough. What system was it for? I will. Yeah. Uh, it was uh it was PlayStation, GameCube, and I am uh, PlayStation Two, GameCube, and I imagine Xbox probably also had a a version. I am gonna say your all your picks right now have been early two thousands. So I think that's um, absolutely there is hilarious. one game on my list that is uh is past two thousand five. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I recognize the, the, that cover. Oh yeah, yeah, great game. Yeah, super iconic. Yeah, my first four picks are all fairly old. That's awesome. That's also your three for three for games I've never played before. <laughs> well, uh, there's a decent <laughs> chance you played four. There's a pretty good chance you haven't played number one. It's wildly underrated. Oh, okay, that's good. It's just cool because I did all the horror movies last podcast that you've never watched <laughs> right and now you're all doing all the... <laughs> that's awesome that's good well hear. i can really recommend four out of five of my games i would not recommend uh <laughs> red faction two <laughs> awesome all right for me my top three and i just downloaded it re-downloaded it to play a little bit of it and it holds up really well it's titanfall 2 by a company named respawn and i think it's it's a beautiful game because uh i played a little bit of apex legends i think i'm garbage at it uh, but I saw what they built in that and how they took so much from, from Titanfall 2 that it, it is almost like, it, it feels like in the same universe. I think they and are. I, yeah, and so that's, I don't know, it just, the weapons feel good, the raw running feels really good, and then the mech fighting, I think is just like super fun, and it's, you're just like burning through so many different mechs, and the 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 layout switch is super easy to do. I feel like a lot of games make it so hard to, to like customize your character and like it's always like so busy and they have to worry about like all these numbers and it, it just gets insane sometimes but you could just like switch your loadouts and completely change like the feel of the game and i think it's just awesome and then the relationship that they built with with your mech and you i, I think it's like kind of just cute you know i think it's a really like fun way to build a story i like being your best friend is just this huge mech who just wants to like destroy things. Mm-hmm. I think it's an amazing game. First one was definitely on my honorable mentions, but I never played the story of two. But I remember when the, the first one came out, it was only for Xbox, and me and my mm-hmm. friends really just sunk our teeth into it and played the mess out of it. And Drew really liked the campaign for number two, and I've me- always meant to go back and play it. But hundred percent, I was it online game. only for the first one. First one was, which I mean. Okay. I, I didn't. I only played two online as well, so obviously it wasn't a big, wasn't a difference maker for me. But I, I enjoyed it. It's a fun game. So it almost breaks my one heart. One of those. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. It almost breaks my heart that Respawn got bought out by EA and then made Apex Legends because it was just like a cash grab. Mm-hmm. And so I, they haven't done anything outside of uh, Star Wars: uh, The Fallen Jedi. Is that what's called? Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Fallen yeah. Order. And I I just I hated it, to be honest with you. I've seen I've seen people who love the game and I just can't stand what they did to, to that game. So it just it bones me out that they didn't make a Titanfall three. What were you saying, Mike? Oh, oh yeah, so is is Titanfall two essentially it's one of those sequels that's kinda like actually the first game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's times Time Splitters two is kinda the same thing where like the first game was like drastically different. I think I think that's interesting when there's games that it's like it's a sequel, but it's kind of the first one. Yeah. It's, yeah. Also, there's there's time traveling in the game. Spoiler. Uh, but you that's no, okay. it's like a it's like a mechanic. You're going through like this like broken building, this old building, but you can hop from from time to time if that makes any sense. And it is a, did that really well. Oh, I never played Dishonored two all the way. I feel bad, but it just like it, it's such a beautiful way to like build it in that that mechanic because i feel like people have done time travel so much but they made it their own so that's pretty fun well and the first one did have a campaign but it's just you had to play the online missions and you're like one person basically the bad guys and one person be the good guys and you're like trying to i guess there there was two factions so you can go either way so it didn't really matter who won but you would play through it that way it was a very loose campaign though i will say that i'm happy that they doubled down Mm -hmm. in the next one shout out to them so for my number three, have I ever told you the definition of insanity? The quote from the game, 
Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It's, uh, I was like, I never heard of that game. It's a uh, Far Cry 3 fan freaking tastic game. Uh, the advertisement was Skyrim with guns, which isn't exactly true, but <laughs> what it seems like all the games after, all the Far Cry games after, have been trying to recreate what 3 has done. And it, basically it's this group of like party, young adult partiers, and they get stranded on this island, and it's just brutal. Uh, and the guy, uh, shoot, what, I don't remember the actor's name, but he like plays the main villain. He's Nacho in Better Call Saul. I don't know if you guys know that that guy, mm. but he he's just a great. He does a great crazy actor, and like leading up to the game, they would have McLovin. He would he was filming like a a, a stranded island giveaway, and like he got caught up by like the main character, the the main antagonist of this game, and ends up like torturing him and everything. It's just a great way to like kind of hype up the game, and it, it's it's just a mind blowing game. I would highly recommend it. The gunplay felt good. Co-op and multiplayer were absolute crap. Uh, I did a hundred percent that game, get all the achievements. Oh wow! I've only done that. Also, like, can, in my life. can you end that game by just like listening to what the bad guy does? Have you heard of that? That's uh, in the fourth one. He's like, oh, okay. I'll be back in like ten minutes, and if you wait ten minutes, then you beat the game because he comes back and like kills the the rebels, and that's it. All right, for my number two spot. We have another game released in 2002. Uh, <laughs> oh, you were busy. Yeah, it is also a spiritual successor to GoldenEye, which uh, if you haven't realized yet, the question about things that were great as a child but kind of suck now as an adult. GoldenEye. Is, uh, yeah, man, that game is... Uh, I got nothing but good memories, but it is unplayable. And so if I want that GoldenEye fix... Even even above Time Splitters 2, the game I go to is 007 Nightfire. The PS2, oh, GameCube. I thought that was going to be your number one, so I guess I was it's, wrong. Uh, it was a tough call. Uh, yeah, that game's, that game's awesome. The, the campaign's incredible. It's got such a fun story, and it's actually, I think it's the only James Bond game of its kind where it's an entirely original story written for the game, as opposed to... Like, oh, this is a licensed game based off a James Bond movie. And so they're able to, like, it just, it's it's the game that makes you feel like James Bond. You get all the gadgets. Um, there's different ways to do some of the levels, um, especially the first level. The first level is, it's it's just a masterpiece. It's up there with, like, 1-1 in Mario and, like, Green Hill Zone in Sonic, in my opinion. Basically, you have to infiltrate this castle, and you can, like, you can go in guns a-blazing and just, like, shoot your way in. You can, like, use your grappling hook and, like, your third-person climbing skills. There's, like, occasional third-person uh, moments um, to, like, cl- scale this, like, mountain ledge and, like, sneak in through the back. Um, or there's a delivery truck that you can jump from this tower and land in the truck. And, like, you just sit in the back of the truck. And then it, it goes to make a wine delivery in the castle. And so, like, you can infiltrate that way. And there's all these different options super cool gadgets are all really awesome they come into play you get a cell phone that's actually a grappling hook you get a watch that's actually your laser your keys are like they double as a taser um like just tons of good stuff phillips the razor brand even um they product placement where you can get a like an electric phillips razor in the game but it's actually a stun grenade and i think it like comes into play one time and if you like you open up the the booklet if you actually have the booklet, you can then find the ad for like the Phillips like electric razor. It actually has good car levels. Like I hate when I'm playing a shooter game and they're like, oh hey, now you're gonna be in a car. Never fun for or at least I don't enjoy it. Awesome in this game. Like sometimes when it's like, oh hey, it's, this game is one thing, but we're gonna try and shove another thing in and it just controls poorly because we're trying to do too many things. Uh, they had a whole separate team develop their driving levels. And so, like, the car oh, levels wow. are actually really fun to play. And apparently, like, the loading screens are a little different because you had two different teams who, like, made them. So, like, one of them, it's got, like, the loading bar. Um, like, you'll have dots that, like, glow, and they move from left to right. And then they, like, you know, once they get all the way to the right, it snakes back and, like, you know, goes left, right, over, and over. Um, but in the driving levels, it moves left and then back to right. And so it's like moving back and forth across the screen, just like little things. There's some on-rails stuff. That I, I never like on-rails moments at any um, any shooter. I'm just not about that. Um, but they're yeah. brief and they're not that offensive. And it's just, it's a fun, campy James Bond story. And then whenever you get to like 
whenever you find something, it's like, oh, I'm going to sneak in through this passage, or I'm going to, like, use my laser watch to melt the rivets on this, uh, you know, like a uh, like an air duct, and I'm going to sneak in this way. It'll play, like, the James Bond, the ba-da-ba-da, and, like, a big 007 will flash up, and you get bonus points. And, you know, based on how many bonus points you get in your score at the end, you unlock stuff for, for multiplayer, which for my money is just as good as GoldenEye's multiplayer was when we were playing GoldenEye as kids, but it holds up today. You can play as Oddjob, and uh, Oddjob is, like, shorter than all the other characters, which automatically gives you an edge. Um, but in the movies, he, like, has, like, a razor blade top hat, and, like, he'll kill people by chucking the top hat and, like, cutting their throats. And Oddjob comes with an option to take off his top hat, and you get a one-shot kill if you can hit somebody with this really janky aim top hat. Um, <laughs> and, like, the iconic level in the multiplayer is called, I think it's called Ski Lodge, and it's basically, there's, like, a castle on top of a hill, and then a giant snowy hill with big boulders to kind of break it up and give you cover. And then there's a ski lodge at the base, and it's connected by, um, like, a, a ski lift tram that's you know, running loose through the air. So there's, like, you can travel on the ground, like, right up the middle, fighting on the hill. There's, like, two side paths that you can take. You can ride the tram, or if you're good, you can get up on the wires and run along those. And, like, one of those moments that I'm never going to forget as a kid was when somebody was standing on the ski lodge, and they chucked the odd job hat across the map and killed somebody on the other side who was on the castle. And it was just one of those, like, everybody put your controllers down. We're done for the day. We're not topping this. Just super fun and uh good bots like some games it's like oh there's bots whatever like these bots were great you could like go in and really customize them to make them exactly as difficult and as smart as you wanted i, I could go on but just play nightfire it's a it's a masterpiece and if you like games from that era it's it's one of the best so i will say is there the torture scene in that game you guys remember there, the torture scene I, are you talking about the one in uh in goldfinger I think it's in Goldfinger. No, Casino Royale. You know what I'm talking about? This came way Rig- before Casino Royale. Okay. Well, I, I was just curious. Oh! Is that the one where they have the rope? With the... Uh, the uh, yeah, with the, the bottomless seat? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Robert, you know what we're talking about? Uh, I do not. I saw it once when it came I out. I managed and... to repress that, Lou. Thank you for bringing it back uh, up. <laughs> Could you imagine, though, playing the game and then you're in a torture seat? And it's a button masher. Oh, man. I don't know that I could focus enough to button mash. I'd just be, like, empathizing so hard with the character that I'd, like, just drop yeah. the controller. Right, when we get done, you need to look that up. All right. It's another if-you-know-you-know you know moment. We won't uh, torture anyone who hasn't uh, had the good fortune to not have to experience that. So did you guys, I know, Mike, obviously you did. Lou, did you play GoldenEye growing up? I So I remember playing GoldenEye growing up uh, on the 64. Was it only on the 64? I believe yep. so. It was an okay. Yeah. Uh, and I remember, I remember being really good at hiding. I think I was, <laughs> I was really young, so I couldn't compete with my cousins. So I remember being able to get into like ducks and stuff, and I remember them not being able to find me, and I would just <laughs> stay there. Um, but I do remember the small guy with the hat. Odd I just job. Just getting, yep. sh- yeah, I remember just getting destroyed all, all the time. Those are my memories with, uh, with Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I didn't have it, so I don't have like this love for it that everyone else does. When I went, like I I in my head I know like how big of a deal it was, but I'm like, eh, because I've only played it after you know playing first person shooters with another analog stick, game changer as we've yeah. said. So I'm just like, eh, for I sure. don't really have the love everyone else does, because uh, uh, requires it requires friends or siblings to play you know multiplayer in those games. And uh, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Young Rob didn't have friends or siblings. As as we found oh. out last last uh, episode, there I guess I was just uh, a complete jerk sometimes. I guess I repre- repressed those memories. We uh we had uh we had Goldeneye, like we owned it, um, and my my dad would play with us, and uh, his Must be nice to have a dad. was I man I knew it was <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> I, I was so confident that was coming. I almost made that joke. At least, at least your dad died. My dad left me. Sorry. Continue. I was not ready for that joke. <laughs> uh, 
but we uh, we'd get to like you'd cycle through. So you'd play a match, and then somebody would like you'd be like, okay, it's your turn. You get to pick the level, you get to pick the weapon set, you get to pick all the settings. And his favorite was one shot kills, pistols in the basement. And I got so sick of losing to his favorite pick that I like one day he was off at work. I, I loaded it up. I sh I ran multiplayer and I memorized the spawn order. <laughs> So like, there's only so many spots you can spawn, and it w it, it was Toxic. in a cycle every time. And so like, it's a red flag. It was it was dude. It was the best. Cause like he was like, you want to play? You want to play gold? And I was like, yeah, man, let's do it. Basement guns and pistols. He was like, oh, all right, yeah, bring it on. And uh, I got him one time, and then every time he spawned, I'd just be standing there with my gun in his face. And he was like, we're not doing this anymore. I don't think he's hugged you since. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot toxic man I haven't you seen were it. you were probably one of the first toxic shooters of all time good job i uh yeah man i uh well i i it got to, luckily it, that was a game where you had to press start to uh, respawn and so he could tell after a little while he's like i know you're standing there like he wouldn't press start until i went like a suitable distance away from where he was gonna respawn so he he, he pretty quickly was able to combat it but uh yeah that game it had a lot going for it, and if you had it in the '90s or into the early 2000s, it was it was great. And if you had, you know, if you're like my uncle Paul and you haven't played a game that's come out post 2005, it's still pretty good. Uh, but anyone who's played a game as two analog sticks just can't go back. All right, yeah, my number two. Uh, if you know me, I'm a tank build kind of guy. If if there's any option, I'm picking the biggest boy on the team. Why do you uh, pick a, for me, a dwarf in D and D then? Uh, because I'm tanky, I can heal. Uh, I'm I'm big, I mean, chubby dude. Okay. I mean, yes, I could be a barbarian for sure, but uh, uh, to be honest with you, you know, you're the DM and you've tried to kill us so much. And if I wasn't DM. healing, yeah, if I wasn't he if nobody got healed, we would all die. You should. Uh, you should have seen me before when I was first starting DM. I was even more ruthless. <laughs> uh, to the point where it's not good. I was definitely a bad DM to how extreme I would listen to the dice. Yikes. All right. Well, I'm happy that you've grown. <laughs> we appreciate it. All right. Uh, so for me, uh, which I thought it was awesome that you, Robert, had this on his list, but Bioshock 2, I think, was uh, my favorite over Bio right, the original Bioshock. Just because you got to play as a big daddy. Um I thought it was a beautiful game. I think they added everything to make it even more scarier. And I love the fact that I was just like this big hulking thing. And I had a, uh, a drill for a hand. And uh, a, the underrated thing, because this game came out right when I was getting into high school. And I started to, to learn like what the world was about. And in this game, this is probably one of the first games where you can make a decision. And so your, your actions cause the game to be different and you could either kill the little girl uh, or you could save the little girl and it just like blew my mind that like my decisions had an impact on this on this game that i had a choice and uh, choice now it's oh, i always save the little girl i oh, i God. honestly oh, dang it. I, i'm playing i'm playing boulders gate 3 right now and i'm trying to be Fantastic a bad guy game. and it and it's eating me up inside. I it's was like, really hoping I, I could get some like return fire and be like, "See, I kick kids, but Lucian kills them." No, you, you probably just no. take them right back in the the hole that the little sisters come from. You're like, "Screw this! Give me the what is uh, what's the I don't remember what the like the thing you inject in you that you get from little sisters. I don't remember what that is." Oh, I forgot the red stuff. Yeah, he's like, "Give me the plasma." Come. <laughs> yeah. Come here, I'm going to take your plasma. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, and when you took it from them, they died, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, okay. which is actually really cool. It's like you can do the right thing and you don't get the upgrade, or you can take the upgrade, but you have to, like, do the wrong thing. And I, I love the way they balance that out. It's like you actually yeah. have to sacrifice to make the right choice. Yeah, and, and even, even though, like, you did the right thing, it was still, like, a fun game. It wasn't like if you did the right thing, you were just getting destroyed the whole time mm -hmm. but um it was fun so yeah i think and the world building was beautiful i i never played the third the third one i so i don't know if they even added more to the bioshock 3 did you guys both play the third one i played the third i one. only i played a little bit of the first one so the no, third but... one is in a instead of a city in the sea it's a city in the sky 
And I think some right. of the DLC yeah. goes back to, to Rapture, but I never played the DLC. Gotcha. But yeah, I thought it was a beautiful game. Mm-hmm. I actually, I started to, and I, I've heard this from multiple people, that it takes a little bit to, like, a little longer to get into, and I just never got over that hump. And I, I've I've heard nothing but good things after that, and I probably should go back and play it, but just never got around yeah, to it. Yeah, the beginning of the whole, uh, you can get, like, the whole trilogy on Switch now, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. buying it on Switch. I would buy it on Switch either. <laughs> I have uh, Xbox and PC. I'm a sucker for being able to play something on handheld. Yeah. I like, the ability that. to play Dark Souls and take a dunk at the same time. <laughs> uh, the beginning of uh, Bioshock, I think, if we're going to talk about at some point, like, good first, like, impressions of video games, I think Bioshock would definitely make mm-hmm. my top five list. Crashing into the ocean and finding this, like, mysterious building in the middle of any nowhere. Mm-hmm. pretty sweet alright I guess it's up to me my number two is um, a game that Lucian's never played because he's a, a Playstation stan it's a Halo Reach <laughs> came out in 2010 but it, it's it's such a good game and the story is so good it's like going if you know the lore going into it it's like when you went in to see Rogue One for Star Wars where you just know at the end everyone's gonna die and like the very the very last level, you I think you save. It's been a long time since I played it. Maybe you you send off a couple people that I think uh, they end up leaving the planet of Reach, and they go and I think they awake Master Chief and all that. But you're left alone on this planet, and the last mission objective is survive, and that's it. And it's like this very ominous music plays, and no matter what you do, you die at the end. Like no matter how good you are, they just keep on sending waves and waves of Covenant, and like. At the very end, your helmet gets knocked off, so you stay in your helmet, and you just see your guy get, like, get impaled by like an energy sword and all that. And it's just the 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 soundtrack, the ambience, is, everything is just so well done that I, if you like Halo or if you like first person shooters, you should go and play this. It is just fantastic and beautiful, and the characters are great as well. Shout out to Halo. Probably don't play anything after Reach. I don't mind Four, which is uh, a lot of people hate Four, but you know, I. I got it. Reacher's also my first Halo. I should put that out. Like, first Halo coming out, playing when it was, like, hot. I played 3, but it was already, like, 3 years when it after released and all that, so... But probably also, for multiplayer, it makes a big difference because everyone's playing it, so... Right. What happened, yeah. like, what happened to the last Halo? Did it, it just, like, not get any love? Halo Infinite? Yeah. Yeah, they tried to do, like, the live service thing, and it, they just didn't do a good job of it. I didn't mind it at first, but I found recently... Most games that I enjoy are games I play with my friends. So, like, a game can be right. mid, and I'll enjoy it just because I like spending time with my friends, which has kind of ruined some single-player experiences for me. It just did not work out, and I think it's dead, basically. Yeah, you still need to play Last of Us. You need to play that series. I tried. I, I did try playing The Last of Us. I hated the controls. That's what stopped me, was the controls. You gotta get back into it. I thought I about going that. I thought about going and just, like, watching the cutscenes, like, it kind of experience the story that way and go through one and two. I've also kind of wanted to watch the HBO show, because I've heard nothing but fantastic things about it. I, uh, I never played Last of Us, but I loved the, uh, the HBO show. I thought it was just incredible. Yeah, I thought so, too. That definitely should be something we talk about, because it's super solid. Well, sadly, it's going to be delayed because of the, all the strikes going on. I think originally I they it. originally they said like it was gonna be a year after this one after the first season, which was kind of salty because for House of the Dragons it's taken two years. Now it's gonna be, you know, an extra year or so added on to that. Yeah, there's so much anime out there for right now that um, I, I will be perfectly fine. Yeah, and Japan's not striking, right? So they're still cranking that out. Yeah, and I think they should, based off of what I've been hearing about um, how they treat their their uh, the animators, but. I guess that's a whole nother topic. Yeah. I think it's also a cultural thing, because jobs in Japan, I think, are just so much more... That is mostly your life. From an outsider looking in, that's kind of the, the vibe I get, is you, you live to work for the most part. So, like, their just work culture is insane and probably unhealthy. Yeah, they're sleeping, like, four hours a day, if that. Mm-hmm. So there's this phenomenon. I forget the, the name. Um, not only do we not... We don't speak any foreign languages here, so Japanese falls under that. But uh, they actually have... Dog Talis Fenska. Okay, fair enough. Um, that sounded like a made-up language. I'm not going to lie to you. It's Swedish and probably had a terrible accent, but I've been... I have, I have like a 500-day streak on Duolingo. So oh, take not that. bad. Honestly, that's... I was like... If you had told me that was something from like... 
from Game of Thrones, I'd have, I'd have believed you 100%. They do have... I'm honest with you, I thought it was Elvish because, <laughs> you're, you're, because you're your wife. I'm just a nerd. They do have, uh, I found this out through uh, Mike's mom, they do have Klingon and High Valyrian from Game of Thrones on Duolingo. I spent yeah. a couple of days on learning High Valyrian, but I'm just like, if I'm going to spend time, I, I can't in good conscience <laughs> learn a fake language. I got to learn something real. So I went back to Swedish because I just felt yeah. so, I, I couldn't do it. No, that's fair. We appreciate uh, that. But they they actually have a word in Japanese for um, for working so hard for so long that you just die at your desk. That is something that happens so frequently enough, they had to come up with a word for it. Like you just you work yourself to death, essentially. Yeah, that's pretty sad. Yeah, it's it's wild. It is wild. If you watch anime, you're kind of a bad person. Just yeah, Oh, sure. God. <laughs> Yeah, you're Hunter perpetuating Hunter is never going to come out. Gosh. Hey, if there's any uh, off chances, any Japanese people listening, feel free to comment. And if we're completely ignorant and wrong, and, you know, maybe if you get your friends listening to this, we can come and visit you and educate ourselves. Absolutely. Please listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring it on home. My number one game came out in 2018. It was published by New Blood Interactive and was made by one man, David Chemansky's masterpiece dusk dusk is to call it a doom clone is just so it's it's an understatement of just epic proportions it took the best of those like really early like classic games like dusk and quake and blood and just it just cherry picked all the best elements it was like we're just gonna leave all the chaff behind and we're gonna make a shooter that pays homage to like the beginning of the genre down to like the boot up screen. Like it has, it's it's completely, it does nothing. It's not actually booting up the game, but like when you would play these old games on DOS, you could get like um, this boot up screen where like you would just show all the code and stuff as the game loaded. I'm not technologically proficient. So I think that's what it was doing, but it even runs one of those just to like get you like feeling like, okay, I'm playing an old game. It's It's like N64 style graphics. It's really polygonal and chunky and like, even though it's the only modern game, it actually has the oldest looking graphics of my entire list. <laughs> but it plays like a modern, like it, it controls like a modern game, but it's it's so fast and snappy. And like, I'm really, I, I'm seriously considering going and playing Titanfall after hearing Lucian talk about it, because I love games with good movement. And Dusk, you're just, you're flying around super fast. And so basically it starts off, um, it... It's one of those games that doesn't like tell you the story if you don't want to hear it, but you can't help but kind of piece it together. And so you start off in this nasty old basement on like meat hooks. Like you've been captured and hung up on a pair of meat hooks and you just rip yourself off the meat hooks and pull out these two sickles and you immediately get charged by these three like like red flannel and like uh jean overalls and then they're wearing like sacks on their head and holding um holding chainsaws and there's these cheap three chainsaw wielding hillbill chainsaw wielding hillbillies and all you have are your sickles and this small room and you just got to dodge around and like you got to hit them and then back up before they can get you and so you basically the whole first act of the game is you breaking out of this backwoods hick town where it's like you're being attacked by these chainsaw guys and then you get a little farther and they're are essentially KKK members shooting fireballs at you. Like, you've got a lot. It is like you are in the backest of backwoods somewhere in the South, and it's like it's horror elements, and it's the worst people on the planet. And eventually, there's goats that like spit blood at you, and they're like decomposing. And so, it's just this like awesome, like Friday the 13th Chainsaw Massacre, like owed these old school horror games. It feels like you're playing an N64 game, so it gives you that nostalgia rush, but you're moving around with like two joysticks or mouse and keyboard, and it's so good. And then you finally make it out of the backwoods, and you reach this industrial part of the game, and like now there's like these giant welders, and there's these big guys with welding masks, and they shoot fireballs out of their, their guns, and there's like really classic soldiers with like just you know with machine guns and so like it starts to up the stakes and you you start working through factories and eventually you just like you you work your way down towards the like under the earth's crust and it's like it's disgusting like it's like a meat factory down there but like you just you just know that it's humans and like 
this cult that's inhabited the backwoods is like something's going on and you have no clue what it is. And so it goes from the backwoods to industrial to just like this hellish landscape. And even though it's like old school and it's pixelated, it looks so good. And they use like darkness perfectly where sometimes you have to like turn on your flashlight and you can see enough that it's fair and you can see, but you still are like terrified because it's that restricts your vision. So, so good. And then eventually, like, in the third act, it gets totally nuts. And you start, like, basically step into some other dimension. And you're fighting, like, just totally Lovecraftian beasts. Like, you'll hear this noise. It'll be like, and, like, Enderman? that's, like, it, no, <laughs> no, it, like, you wish they were Endermen. Like, all you can hear is this heavy breathing of something chasing you down. And if you, like, are paying attention, you can see footsteps on the ground floor, but they're invisible until you shoot them. And then you shoot them and you wish you hadn't because they're these, like, skeletal mooses that are just like they're just making a beeline for you so you constantly have you're like you're running backwards and just like unloading shotguns into these things and it's it's terrifying and they only get creepier it's one of those games where it's like i inherently know what the story was but i couldn't explain it like you experience it and you're like yeah that made perfect sense but i, I couldn't tell you what what happened in a way that's engaging um i imagine i'm, I'm seriously considering purchasing it again on Steam and playing it on with mouse and keyboard. Because I think w when you get mouse and keyboard, you play it on the computer, you can play multiplayer. And I just, I gotta experience that because it's it's some of the best movement in a game I've ever played. And to have like 20 people in a lobby all moving that fast and shooting at each other. And you can, the other thing is you can dodge bullets. Like it's not hit scan where it's like the computer aims at you and then fires and you immediately take damage. You have to get hit by the projectiles and they're all big enough you can see them. They're moving fast. So, like, it's easy to get hit, but you can theoretically dodge anything that gets thrown at you. Yeah, it's it's a masterpiece. If, if you like if you like Doom, play this. If you like Goldeneye, play this. If you like modern shooters, play this. If you like horror, play this. If you don't like any of these things, play it anyway. It's I've never been more engrossed by a video game in my life. And cut. That's All it. right. It's good to see you, boys. That's it. Well, you had me up until the horror elements. It's not all that scary, right? Like, it's blocky and pixelated enough. If you don't want... Like, it's not actually scary. It's just if you like that, you get to enjoy that element. But it's not going to scare you. You'd be fine. I, I don't need anything else haunting my dreams. Okay, that's fair. Yikes. <laughs> all right. That sounds like I, a next podcast I, uh, situation. Yeah, I guess I, I like sleep fight or something. Like the Ron Swanson almost, but not quite that. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. The best way to play this game, too. Headphones... OLED switch, handheld mode. Uh, and a cat in the room. <laughs> a cat in the room. <laughs> All right, Lou, let's see if you stole uh, mine. Uh, I know, I probably... Oh, I might have stole yours. So I, I'm so happy, Robert, that we kind of almost had the same kind of uh, list because uh, Time Crisis was going to be my number one. Uh, <laughs> and I was, de I was debating on doing it. But uh, I, I totally... I remember a time, I feel like an old man sometimes when I say this, because I also went to arcades just by myself in my in my family, and sometimes they wouldn't play with me. But it was in Time Crisis where you could always hop on somebody's game no matter where they were. Mm -hmm. And it always and always, and it was always welcome, too. Like, nobody was like, no, don't play with me. And so Time Crisis was like a super awesome way because I was I grew up as a, as a only child for a super long time. Uh, but my number one is just a Modern Warfare. I feel basic for saying this, uh, but Call of Duty Modern Warfare, that whole series, but especially number two. Mother! Uh, was it? Yep. <laughs> is that it? I guess, we'll take, I guess we'll take team this. All right, man. That's dope. I'm, I'm awesome. So um, You're awesome? Yeah, man. <laughs> no, and that's that's awesome <laughs> that we share. I, I wish we would have met each other at a younger younger date. We could have stole the show. But Well, you pl um, played on PlayStation. I played where the actual gamers were and uh, the lobbies were vicious and toxic as all get out on Xbox 360. All right. You can <laughs> talk about the... Because uh, I didn't play online games. Cause, what? Uh, okay. I'll, I didn't, I'll, I'll I didn't play that. it. Okay. So you could talk about more about that. Um, but so... And, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, Modern Warfare 2 was the the snow scene where you're driving the mobile... With a, yeah, it's like the, the second um, level or something like that. Yeah. And you're climbing up that like... It was just so cinematic when you're climbing up just like a sheet of ice. I thought that was super cool. I think they were the first ones to do something like that to make it so cinematic as far as my understanding. Um, um, and then the driving, it's funny that we were talking about driving in first person because it does feel like garbage. 
but as a young kid, man, when we were flying down that the the snow slope, mm-hmm. I think that was so awesome. And then at the end, got the heartbeat sensor. Yeah, the heartbeat. And you had that knife, and you had to get it right in the, between those dudes' eyes. Oh, at the very end. Oh, I was talking at about the, the same level end. where you had the heartbeat sensor and you're like sneaking around the complex. Oh, no, no, no. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was pretty cool too. But no, at the very end when you get screwed over by, mm-hmm. do you remember that guy's name? Shepard. Commander Shepard. Shepard. Yeah. Not Commander yeah, Shepard, General Shepard. General Shepard. Yeah. And uh, he like, he kills your whole platoon or your whole squad. Oh my gosh. And at the I, end. It still rips my heart out. Be like, ghost, no, don't trust him. No. <laughs> Oh my you pull out that knife and you got one shot, one opportunity, and uh, uh, get him right between the eye, man. It blew my mind. It was great. I, I was remember, so disappointed by three. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. All right, now let's hear about the uh, let's yeah. hear about that uh, online. Well, also, like, did you play Spec Ops? Spec Ops was fun too. No, I honestly, I was so hit or miss when it comes to. I wasn't really a Call of Duty fan, you know, back in the day. Mm-hmm. I just like picked a couple of them. Yeah, from like COD two all the way up to Black Ops two, I was like always buying the yearly releases and all that. So I was a huge COD fanboy, and a lot of that was for online. Like me and it was go to high school, don't do anything in class. Well, you know, quickly do your homework so you didn't have to do it at home, and you know, it doesn't matter if you get like a B or whatever because you're going to community college anyway. So why does why does that matter? <laughs> Uh, you get home, you launch up Xbox, and you join the party, and we'd all just hop on and play Ground War, because um, for some reason, I don't know why, but they made it so only certain game modes you could have party chat on. Doesn't make any sense, but so we always played Ground War, which is team deathmatch and domination. And my friend Drew, he he would play the most scummy ways ever. Like, he was, uh, he was the noob tube guy, the one-man army noob tube guy, <laughs> and the camper. But this man... Got the most nukes out of all of us. He would like it felt like once or twice a week he was getting a nuke, which is twenty five kills without dying. I only got two during that whole thing, and but this man, this the most scummy way imaginable. He would get the nukes, and oh my gosh, it was just such a fun time. And like as I was saying, those lobbies were so toxic. Like there was people saying every vulgarity, every slur in the book, and you could like just set up and record, and there'd be the craziest moments ever that. I, it's gonna sound like a boomer thing, but like the kids nowadays don't know what it was like. And oh my, <laughs> not God. at Fortnite. Yeah, uh, Fortnite. Yeah, but uh, there's a hundred percent a lot of people that probably are glad that you know there weren't streamers and people recording them all back then because they'd probably be fired for whatever they said <laughs> or canceled. You know, what was that? Uh, Fourteen years ago. Oh my gosh, it's been that long. At the beginning, there's a lot of glitches and all that, so you would get these these games where you didn't have to reload. Everyone had unlimited ammo. So you'd just be cranking noob tubes off, and like the whole map was shaking, and it was just chaos incarnate. But it was so much fun, and I was so pissed off that they patched that out. And then you'd always get the messages for like tenth prestige lobbies where they'd go and uh, level up. But oh my gosh, it was just so much fun. Not balanced at all, but just the chaos and and also like something I didn't think about until just now. It had a that game was I feel like was the the first big YouTube game where it really just popped off, where everyone was making YouTube videos. Everyone was making a montage. I that's where I started making YouTube videos back in 2010. Was trying to you know make it big on YouTube. I got a HD PVR and making montages with crappy songs in the background. And I was not good, but I was <laughs> I was part of a quick scoping clan and everything. I was definitely like the worst one there. And I think the only reason they let me get in was because I had recording software, so I'd like record <laughs> our games and all that. Oh my gosh, 1v1 me on Rust with the intervention. It was such a good time. And there was like a brief week where they brought them back on uh, Xbox One and PlayStation 3. And like they reinstalled the servers and everyone was just hopping right back on. It was almost like it was back then, but uh, it was uh, it didn't last very long. I, I can't say I really played much of the Modern Warfare 2 too. Lou, did you play? Yeah, I know you played a lot of the second Modern Warfare, the whatever I played, 2019. Uh, 2020. 2020. I think it was the. I think I thought it was yeah the 2021. That's yeah. what. So after you get done with saying that, I was gonna say like Call of Duty. So uh, since then, I stood away from Call of Duty for a long time, and then COVID hit, and I was just lost. I didn't really know what to do, and I and I should have like did something productive. I should have like worked out more. Started or a podcast. Learned a different language. Yeah, start a podcast because that's always productive to do. <laughs> but uh, me and my buddy, my buddy was like, hey, you, you know, buy the new Call of Duty. And I was like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to be living tomorrow. You know, I, this, 
COVID might turn us into zombies and stuff. I don't know. Like, around that time, like, well, our Walmart next to us got closed. Anyway. Like, right, I guess I'd be ready to go. <laughs> um, that's a Treyarch, and then not, I picked not the... Infinity Ward, Mike. But that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. All of his picks were, like, <laughs> 2020. 20, 20... Hey, man. Black Ops 2 was, uh, if I was to be totally above board and actually throw out a game on my list that's trash, Black Ops 2 would have easily taken that spot. You don't? Oh, so. okay, I see what you're saying. I thought you were saying Black Ops 2 was trash. I'm like, people love Black Ops 2. It just wasn't. No, no, yeah, yeah. I do too. Black Ops 2 is awesome. Black Ops uh, Red better. Faction 2 is garbage. I probably should have taken it off the list, but I was like, nah, we gotta leave that on there. It's too good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Black Ops 2 was, was my jam in college. All right, so, Grandpa. I, I understand. It. I know what you're saying. Yeah. You know what the, the young kid. Older than you. <laughs> All right, Paul. How do you, yeah. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, uh, so I re-downloaded, uh, or I downloaded uh, the new, at the time, the new Call of, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and I played that game religiously the whole time we were locked up. And I don't know, like any like serious Call of Duty players out there, you like you start turning your sensitivity up. Yeah, right, and so you're faster, and uh, you become like you become like I can't think of a a good PC word for this. You become an addict. I don't know. You become an addict. Yeah, I was gonna say a crackhead. I don't know if you're gonna edit that out or not. Nah. Um, become like a crackhead, dude. Where it's like you're moving so fast and you're zoned in, and you're like four monsters down. And you're punching holes in the wall and you start wearing like life beaters and it's like who am i becoming uh you start drinking mountain dew and it, it like shapes you for who you are start wearing tap out uh, shirts start wearing tap out shirts <laughs> or hats because you have the white feather uh, on yeah the flat the white hats um yeah it it was crazy me and my buddy played until like we would start at like right at dinner time and play at like two in the morning and we did a 2v2, so it was just me and him versus other two players. And we did at least 20 straight wins. And I felt like a god. I felt it was such a cool thing to do. I, I like I hold that into my heart. I hold I cherish that moment that, that, a lot. So that's, that's why I had to pick the quality. Oh, I gotta record an after course, don't I? Yep. Lou, do you know what we're uh, talking about next week? Oh, yeah. So next week, um, I think we should do uh, top five underrated TV shows. Ooh, underrated. Underrated TV shows. Yeah, so I, want, I don't want to hear any Game of Thrones. I don't want to hear any Office. What I don't want to hear the... What, what if I said the ending of Game of Thrones? I would never say that. <laughs> Oof. That's rough. Uh, shout out to the Ice King. They did him dirty. Uh, but yes... Uh, underrated. Gosh, Nothing popular. I like it. I like it. I feel like all I watch is gonna have, I'm gonna have to think. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna have to start watching. Ooh. I'm gonna have to take off the whole next week of work. <laughs> now you could do the UK version of Office. I'll give you that. I got I got uh, one at least. Alright. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Top Podcast. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, give us a like and a subscription. If you really want to help us out, drop a comment down. I don't even care if it's nice. Just feed the algorithm. And if you're listening on Spotify, also give us a, a download, a subscription, and uh, we'll keep coming at you with more content weekly. Thank you so much. Peace. I didn't say one penis in this whole show.